Hi everyone, welcome to episode 11 of the Talking About Anything, Anywhere, Anytime, Anyplace podcast. We're back at it with episode 11. It's the first time Jared and I have had a chance to connect in a couple of months. Our last episode was January. We yeah, fell off a bit. We did. But uh, yeah, uh, some pretty interesting things are happening in both of our worlds. I need to turn my volume up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, some pretty interesting things are happening in both of our worlds and... Yeah, Jaren had to be extracted from Israel. Yes. I was sent home from Toronto due to the circumstances. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, pretty pretty crazy world we're living in. But I just wanted to start by telling Jaren to sit back, relax. Uh, I haven't been as – I wasn't as motivated in the last, like, three episodes. But this one, like, I'm on my game today. He's on his journalistic <laughs> game today. I'm, I'm on my game today. I've had no social interaction with anyone for, yeah. like, two weeks. Which means I'm just fired up and ready to verbal like spill some verbal. It it has know, been it has been a minute since we recorded a podcast. I'm glad that uh, even though we're in the same city, we are still recording remotely because social distancing, uh, and because everyone should be taking that incredibly seriously. Um, yeah, I Gavin, the the whole thing is crazy, man. The world is going insane. Okay, wait. Before we get into this, I want to name off every single book that my microphone is stacked up upon. Okay. So Shout the first outs. one is Boom Shout by out. Mark Haddon. I've Shout never out. read it. Uh, the next one is Flush. Also never read it. Shout out. This next one is a personal favorite of mine. Where is Waldo? The Ultimate Travel Collection. That is actually the sponsor of this week's episode. And the other one is called Scat. It's part of the Hoot series. Also never read it. Mm-hmm. And then this other one is The Complete Times and Poems of Winnie the Pooh, which is a childhood favorite of mine. Hey, Winnie the Pooh is actually named after our home city, Gavin. Yeah, shout out to the best city in shout Canada. Shout out to the peg. Shout out to 204. Yeah. Hate so, being back. <laughs> so, Jaron, as some people may know, yeah. or the dedicated listeners, the five dedicated listeners of this All podcast five. may know. We actually get about 30 per episode. Yeah, we've got fans in Germany. Who would have thought? For real. But anyways, so two weeks ago, I'm sitting in my dorm room in Toronto, Pittman Hall, 160 Mutual Street. I'm not there anymore. 100%. And I, I call you and you're like, yeah, I'm coming home because of the coronavirus and i was like i said to you yeah i'm probably gonna stay here for two more weeks and we'll see what happens from there psych i came home literally four days after that conversation happened yep and so just walk me through what it was like when they told you you had to come home and then how you you reacted in your friends and then the turnaround for you and what it was like packing up your stuff of course. So, I mean, the nature of my gap year um, actually made it very easy for me to pack up and leave. I mean, uh, emotionally, it wasn't easy, of course. Um, the, the transition of living in Jerusalem uh, and, and all of a sudden being ripped out of that location was, was, was horrible. Um, but, I mean, the, the only positive is that, number one, uh, there are a few positives. Number one, I'm home safe with my family. Um, even though I'm not, I'm not letting myself be in the same room with them for the next three days or so, or four days, because uh, I, I do. I'm trying my best to uh, to quarantine and social distance. Um, but it's it's nice to be home with them. Uh, the other positive was that because I've been living out of packing cubes all year, it was really just throw everything in a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Um, so so here's here's what happened. A few a few weeks ago, it all started people's uh people's parents were ripping them off the program and taking them home because they were worried that number one they were worried flights were going to shut down gavin decided that right now is the best time to unbox whatever he's unboxing um (laughs) i didn't realize you could do that (laughs) um so so parents were ripping kids off the program and that was sad you know it was it was really hard to see some of my best friends go home um 
but but as as we continued uh, to, to as time uh, marched on, I could definitely feel this this sense of uh, impending doom that that was going to come from this virus and that was going to come from the fact that I I was thousands of uh, of, of miles and and tens of uh, I don't know how many kilometers but a lot of kilometers uh, I think it's actually ten thousand kilometers but I could be wrong. Um, Definitely, probably wrong. I don't know geography that well. Um, so, so I could I could feel the sense of impending doom, um, and they sat us down uh, for for a session one night, and all of a sudden, uh, there it was. There we there, there we go. They said that they can't they can't have us in Jerusalem anymore because our dorm couldn't act as a quarantine space should we need to. Um, they they purchased flights for everyone back home. They did purchase round trip tickets for April twentieth. Um, however, the truth of the matter is that with the way the virus is going, as, as much as I'm optimistic about the fact that I will return, um, I, I really can't see April 20th. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's far away. It's hard. Right. And that's what I was going to say. Like when they made that announcement to you guys, you must've had a creeping suspicion inside that that was coming, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I was one of the most optimistic people, uh, about the situation I kept, you know, my, for the last, uh, last few weeks of the program, uh, I took it upon myself to be as optimistic and as positive as possible. You know, when, when people were getting down about the fact that people went home, I would try to make the activities or the, the environment in the dorm fun. Um, and obviously it wasn't just me. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not cocky about the fact that I did that. It was more of a, uh, it was also for me, you know, like it was, it was, I needed the positivity because if I didn't have it, it was going to make it practically impossible to, uh, to, to live in that space and live with those people. So how many people would you say actually went home before they officially postponed the program? I think we were up to 15. That's crazy. Or so. How many people were there all together? There were 55 of us, okay. uh, 54 of us, um, and due to due to you know politics of the program and issues right. on the program, um, it, it just you know it, there was already this this interesting divide, um, and and some people some people were were happier being on the program and some people were not and and uh, I'm not going to get into specifics but but uh, you know it's it's it was already hard enough and and this virus really just it it, it came in with the, the the crushing blow and uh, and really wiped out the uh, the remaining people. Yeah, because I remember like when your program closed, it was a Wednesday that you got notified because I was in class. Yeah. And then so the next two days, I sort of felt in the dark because Ryerson was pretty quiet on the whole thing. Like that same day, the same day that your program closed or got postponed, I'm pretty sure Western University moved their classes online. And then for the next two days, I was like freaking out like, holy, am I going to get to stay in residence? Am I going to stay in Toronto? Mm-hmm. Which both of those answers were no. But the funniest thing that happened, I mean, it's not really funny, but it was just frustrating. So the Ryerson Housing and Residence Life people emailed us on March 16th, I want to yeah. say. And they said that the residence will be remaining open. And if you'd like to leave, you're subject to a $400 fee and whoa, whoa, whoa. for technically breaking your lease. So I wrote them the nicest a uh, passive aggressive email possible yeah and sort of explain that like you know why people are leaving no one's actually breaking their lease they're leaving because they don't feel safe here of course and they didn't answer my email the next day but then on the 18th they sent another email saying 
Hi, Gavin. Please refer to the email that we sent yesterday where we told everyone that residence was shutting down as if I hadn't already read that. Yeah, and I was, I was like, man, the people who run this place are just like, come on. It's, Obviously, I know that I have to leave. Yeah, no, that's, um, you know, there, there's no best way to deal with this is what I found out. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no way that everyone's going to be happy. I'm, I'm sure as heck not happy being in Winnipeg, you know, like obviously it's nice to see family and, and eventually when things die down, seeing friends regularly again will be great. But the second I can get on a plane, my, my goal is not get comfortable in Winnipeg. The, the goal is that the second I can get on a plane, I'm back to Israel. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. this, this was, you know, I, I said this when I got home and it, and it was probably, is probably brought up out of emotion and, and, and sadness. But I mean, it, my, my grandmother has taken upon herself to repeat it to me every time, every time we speak, which is, it's, it's sweet, but it's, uh, it's, it's chilling. I, I said the words, yeah. why my year, you know, like, and, and I know that and, and I'm, I'm not alone. You know, there, there are university seniors, there are college seniors, there are high school seniors who are all feeling that exact same way. You know, why my year? Why don't I get to experience this? Why Why has it been that everyone before me has had this ability and, and all of a sudden things are just not the same way that they were and, and, and we all feel as if there's this kind of uh, expectancy that that um, that we should be allowed to participate in the things that, that we signed up for, you know? Yeah, it's a good point you make. Like when I was in Toronto the last three days, I was sort of, I was so anxious and I was so stressed about the whole situation. I wasn't thinking about how I would feel when I came home. But then when we got to the airport and I realized how empty it was and that there was no one there and we sat at the desk talking to the Air Canada lady, shout out to Air Canada. They moved us up, moved our six o'clock flight up to 2.30, which was big awesome. Fan. Big fan. And uh, yeah, so the Air Canada people hooked us up huge. Like the woman at the desk, she was awesome. But then when the plane like, lifted off and I watched the, the uh, almost said Chicago skyline, the <laughs> Toronto skyline, like fade away behind me. I was like, oh my God, like I'm like going home. Yeah. I don't know when I'm coming back, yeah. when this will end. And then it hit me. It's just, it's like a hollowing feeling that no one knows what will happen tomorrow, let 100%. alone two months from now when everyone's like, oh, like the summer, like the heat, but no one knows. No, That's no, the reality exactly. No one, no one knows what the heck is going on. And, and um, partially that sucks. Partially that sucks because again, like, like thinking about the fact that I, you know, I, I'm not going to get another gap year. The people who are in high school right now, class of 2020, they're not going to get another graduation. You know, they, they don't get to right. go, they don't get, especially the kids in Winnipeg, they don't get to go to the forks and get their photos taken. They don't get to dance, uh, with their school. They don't, they don't get, I mean, they may not even get grad trips, you know, like they may not like the things that they've been planning with their exactly. friends. And obviously that's, that's more of a, um, it's circum- pretty minor in the whole. It's pretty minor, and, and that's very circumstantial. But it's on the same. I put it on par with, um, uh, with the the college kids not being able to go on spring break. You know, like it's it's right. not a necessity by any means. You're not gonna you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna be in a worse situation in life because you don't get to go on your trip. But but it's it's frustrating. You know, like uh, for for I mean, even even looking at my case, you know, I I visited four of the I believe 10 or or 12 places that I was supposed to visit this year and that's it's a privileged thing to say that I'm frustrated by it but it's it's it doesn't um it doesn't discount by any means the fact that I I'm still uh upset you know it doesn't it doesn't take away the hurt just because I know there are people who are severely severely suffering and and I part of part of me feels selfish by having that that sadness but um 
I also know that that I can't I can't blame myself for feeling upset about what's going on here. I, all I can do is uh, is is when it, I'm presented an opportunity to do better for those people who uh, are really in severe medical condition or severe um, quarantine that I can I can rise above and 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 do my best to to provide for them whatever they need. You know. Yeah, it's a good point. And then I do, I personally feel for all the high school kids out there, especially kids, my brother is in grade 12. Of course. And just last year, being able to have that opportunity to like walk across the stage yeah. at a convocation, my first time ever at a church. Um, <laughs> but I just like, it's it just must suck for these kids who yeah. have these big plans, especially like someone who was there just last year. You have these big plans that you're going to go to university yeah. and you're going to graduate. But now you don't know if you'll even be able to go to university in September because how are you going to get the credits? When are you actually going to graduate? Yeah. Are some people whose classes don't finish online, are they going to have to do them in the summer? Like, what's going to happen? What well, are these kids going to graduate? It's crazy, crazy times. I mean, and, and that brings up another question. Should, do, is, there a, is there a moral obligation on the school's part to take at least the senior? I mean, I, it's, it's everyone. It, does this year... Yeah. With all of its 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 hardship and 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 trials that and and I mean we're not it's not like we're in September right now mm-hmm. you know it's not like it's not like the the year could resume and 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 they could just have a really hard second semester this is the end of the year this like is four the, or five weeks out this is the home stretch this is the home stretch. These kids have been has been preparing for graduation. They've been they've been writing their 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 essays to be handed in for final exams. They've been studying for final final exams, and 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 all of a sudden, who knows if they're even going to be allowed to? I mean, in the states, IB exams, I believe, in most places, IB exams were were canceled, and and they're just giving them the credit. Uh, I think that board exams are the same. I I mean it. The world is is being shut down, and that's where the problem lies because we are not equipped to deal with this kind of situation. We're not like there's no there's no precedent, you know. Yeah, it's just wild that literally, lot two weeks ago, this isn't a huge deal, and then like I personally, I don't know if this is like gonna sound selfish or whatever, but personally, I think that when the NBA like said, okay, we're canceling our season, when Adam Silver said that, people took it seriously. Like Tom Hanks was a factor too. People were like, oh my God, like Tom Hanks got this. But then once the NBA shut down their season, everything sort of just started like grinding to a halt. And yeah. it's just surreal to, when you think about it, that the world is literally stopping. Like yeah, everything besides essential services have come to a grinding halt. And it's like you said, an unprecedented situation that, when we look back, because obviously this will pass and eventually mm-hmm. we'll pick up the pieces and we'll rebuild what we have to rebuild. Obviously, the economy is going to suffer, all, all that kind of stuff. But eventually, people will look back on it and they'll use this as a lesson to actually prepare. Because if you would have told someone at the end of 2019, oh, this mass virus is going to come in and it's going to shut the whole the whole world down, no one would believe you. It's just a hundred percent. You know, it's kind of funny. This kid, um, this kid on my program, he actually ended up co-hosting one of the episodes a while back. Um, Kobe, he wrote as a joke when he because he's been so bored throughout his uh, his isolation back at home. He wrote a screenplay um, based from the perspective of the staff of my program, um, yeah. and one of the staff from current goes back to the uh, the director of the program the night before it starts and is telling him about all the crazy things that are going to happen this year, uh, and and 
uh, it's 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 public knowledge. The the director of my program is stepping down. This is his final year. So at the end of the the script, he says uh, that the director called the uh, the president of the program and said, "This is going to be my last year because it's uh, it's just a lot. To, it's too much. It's yeah. a lot to handle." Um, yeah. So that's a little bit of a a, a fun uh, anecdote. But well, it, this is not a fun situation by any means. Well, I was gonna say just to segue into the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is online classes. Yeah. Uh, I. Personally, and I don't know anybody else who's listening, but I did not take the idea of online classes seriously at all, mm-hmm. and I did not think it would be affecting me the way it has. But then, when I got home, I was like, "Oh shoot! Like I'm an hour behind. Yeah, I have to wake up earlier. Exactly. Uh, my deadlines are an hour earlier. And then, one of the other struggles I've noticed is that since I'm at home, and you know, my I'm in my room. I have my nice big bed. I don't want to do any of my work all the time. Yeah, I'm struggling yeah. to find the motivation to 100%. do my work, which 100%. is terrifying, because I need to get good grades. And luckily, like the universities have put a credit or non-credit option. So if you don't like your letter grade, you can just put credit or non-credit. Yeah. But uh, aside from my journalism classes, which I actually enjoy, like some of my other things, like this English essay I have to write, mm-hmm. I've been struggling. I've been like, I don't want to do this. Like, it's it's redi- it's challenging. I don't want this? It's challenging. It, yeah, it's a it's a huge mental like. You have to have the mental strength to say, I am not gonna lay in my bed yeah. and watch YouTube videos. I'm going to do my homework now. Like, yeah, it's just a it's just something that I never saw coming. I was like, oh, online class is awesome. Yeah, like I expected that I was gonna stay in Toronto also, which is part of the reason why I was so like nonchalant about it but then when i got home and on tuesday because i don't have classes on monday on tuesday when i had to do my work i was like oh my god like i can't this is a struggle like i can't sit here and do my work in my exactly. room i never even did my work in my room in high school yeah no you know and 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 that's like a real issue i mean i obviously my classes i mean i'm still getting credit you know like i'm i'm, right. I'm these aren't i'm not taking the 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 severity i mean it depends well it really depends on what class but um you know, like even even with my classes, I've actually had to to force myself to to set up shop in a another room of my exactly. house because I literally can't work in my bed. I spend all hours of the day in my bedroom at this point, mainly you can't because go I'm, to the library or anything. Ex- exactly, mainly I'm trying to stay away from my family just in case. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm on day whatever twelve or or so. I can't even remember anymore. Of, of not really leaving the house. I mean, I go on walks every once in a while, but, right. but for the most part, I stay in my room. And like, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy because I remember the night before I left for Israel, I had the biggest anxiety attack I've had in my entire life. You know, like it was, it was the scariest uh, uh, moment of, of my existence. You know, I, I, was, I was freaking out because I didn't want to leave uh, my bed, my room, I, I, the, the comfortability. And six months later to the day, I land in Winnipeg, get back into my bedroom, and it feels foreign. It feels, you know, it, it feels like this is a place I'm not meant to be anymore. Uh, this is, this is a, a, a graveyard that, that once housed my, my corpse, but at this point, it's just a, it, it feels like someone else was meant to live here, you know? And, and that's really challenging. And, and it makes it even harder to, to try to, um, you know, find a place that, that you're meant to work or, or do work in um, just because now we're all home, you know, and, and, and God, I, it feels like we're back in high school, you know, like it, it but it, it's way harder. Well, yeah, I would say because my high school, like all the work I ever had was kind of a joke. I could do mm-hmm. it 
if I wanted to, I could do it the night before yeah. and get good grades. And that's something I had to transition away from in September because now the grades actually matter. Like you're paying for your classes and yeah. I'm not going to go to Toronto on like loans and part of my parents' money and say, okay, let's just piss this all away and like exactly. stay up to all hours. And this is like the hardest I've ever worked in school my entire life because I have to, not yeah. because I like, I can't, I can't slack and say, oh, if I don't handle this assignment, like I'll just lose the 5% and make it up because you can't. There's sometimes no. there's only four assignments in a course. Yeah. So then when I came back, it's almost like I'm having to work like if I was working double as hard as I did last year at this time, now I'm working like quadruple as hard yeah. because I have all these distractions around me and I'm not going to go to my basement where like it's not a good working space. Like my room is obviously the best working space. I just have to get better at, okay, I'm not going to play on my phone. Like I'm actually going to do my work. Luckily though, I've gone down to three courses because this other course, it was just a final essay and I had already done that before I left. Yeah. But when I came home, I guess it's different for me because I've been home twice since I moved to Toronto. But like, I understand the feeling because the first time I came back, I was like, oh my God, this is not my room. Like this is, I'm not supposed to be here. But then the night I came back from Toronto, I was laying in my bed and I was like, I was just shook. Like that was, that's the best word to describe it. In a span of a week, yeah, I had to, well, my mom came on the weekend where all the craziness happened, sort of, where like everything in the world was shutting down, which was awesome because I was just super anxious and out of it. And then, my mom left on the Sunday, and then the whole entire week, like Monday to Friday, it was just, I couldn't believe that in almost four days, I had packed myself up, yeah, stored all the stuff I was leaving in Toronto, and then I was gone. I was just yeah. back home already. Like, it just happened so fast. So so that leaves another question. I mean, for me, I, I didn't bring all that much to Israel relatively. I mean, I, I have a lot of, I had a lot of clothes, more than I needed, which is what I learned, uh, way, way more than I needed. My, my bag coming back to Winnipeg was... I mean, I had to pay overweight and I had to, they had to uh, allow me to use, um, I had, I, so I brought two backpacks with me, one that I could use for the trips and then one that I would use for my school supplies. Um, I had to take out my, my backpack for school supplies and carry that through to Winnipeg with me. So I had two backpacks. Jeez. Luckily they let me, uh, like they let me um, ship my, my carry on. But I mean, you know, like it was just, it's crazy how how uh, all of a sudden all this stuff that that I just had with me I had to shove into a suitcase and and you know just leave like I I there's no I didn't I, the only thing I left in Jerusalem was a blanket you know and right. like that's I'm probably never gonna get that I mean if I go back God willing I'll I'll, I'll be able to get it back but like there's such a low chance you know like I'll tell it, you what I left in my dorm room yeah what do you leave I left a fan. Because I didn't want to leave it. I stored a bunch of my stuff at your relatives, the Bakers. I, st- I stored my stuff there. So I stored some of it there. And then so I was looking around my room and I was kind of mad at the housing and residence people because they sent out this silly email about they were staying open. And then 24 yeah. hours later, they're like, ah, psych, you have to be out here by March, oh, Monday, March 23rd. And then they didn't answer my email and told me I was just mad because they, g- they gave me like a middle finger in my eyes when yeah. I sent them an email asking, like, come on, like, this has got to be a joke. And then. They sent it back. Oh, hey, like, by the way, we sent an email yesterday, which obviously I read. Like, they should have yeah. just not said anything to me. I was like, of course. Like, I know, I understand that they're handling things day by day, but I was just not very happy with the the way. And gonna gonna out the guy from Ryerson Eats, who, uh, this one guy, I saw him put his hands in the onion rings. No Drew, way. 
I don't know. He wasn't like a chef or anything, but he was just this guy who worked at Ryerson. And I was getting my food from the cafeteria the night before my dad came, like the lunch. Mm -hmm. And I saw this guy put his hands in the onion rings and I was like, screw this. I am not eating in the cafeteria. I'm so done. I was like, I was already anxious. I was upset that I had to like move. And then I saw that and I was like, that that was probably the last straw, I would assume. And then, so the craziest thing is that you're not supposed to be on an airplane right now. Yeah. But when I was on the plane, since it was staggered seating and I had my own row mm-hmm. and I was just looking out the window, I felt like oddly at peace. It was such a weird feeling. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that's the, the letting go kind of yeah. feeling, you know, like I was, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, all of the flights that, um, that people were booking, it, it felt like they, especially the ones from Israel to North America, it felt like they were going to be empty you know like it was gonna be like no one's flying right now i get on this plane and there isn't a free seat that it's so packed that that you you have no option but to be next to someone you know like they're they're even the bathrooms felt like like you were you were surrounded even when you were inside you know so like I get onto the plane. I I clean the seat with with uh, wipes and I, yeah. I wipe down the screen uh, and and everything. And then there are just people just just sitting next to me who aren't doing the same, you know. And I'm like, what is what is going on here? Like, am I the only one? And and halfway through the flight, my brain just kind of switched to like, look, you don't have an option. If if you get it on this plane, then you know you get it on this plane, and we'll we'll deal with it when it uh, we'll deal with it when it comes. See, you're a lot, you have a lot more mental strength in that regard than I do because I was like so anxious about getting it and I was literally on the verge of making myself sick. Like every night I would go to bed and I would be freaking out about getting it and then I would wake up in the morning and I would do everything in my power. I'd be hand sanitizing literally every time I stopped touching my computer, I'd wipe it down, hand sanitize. I would go to the washroom, wash my hands, dry them after I touched the doorknob, I'd hand sanitize again. Mm -hmm. And then my biggest fear was that Originally, me and my dad got to the airport at 2 o'clock Toronto time, mm-hmm. and we were supposed to leave at 6 o'clock Eastern, and I was like, I was terrified because I didn't want to sit in the airport for four hours. 100%. I would like, I would go crazy sitting there. I don't want to, like, I don't want to sit there for yeah, four yeah, hours yeah. where I could get it. 100%. So luckily, we got our flight moved up, and then it was just the biggest relief in the world. I told my, I told my mom when I got back, I said, if there wasn't a global pandemic, I literally would have gotten on my hands and knees, and I would have kissed the ground in the Winnipeg airport because I was just so happy to be home. And they took the hug rug. They took the hug rug out of the airport. Which is good because no one should be hugging. Yeah, I was impressed that they actually, that the hug rug, when I got down, I didn't even go on the escalator. I was like, no shot, I'm touching the escalator. I'm walking down the stairs. And then I got to the bottom and I was like, oh my God, the hug rug's gone. Like, good on them. They're they're taking the social distancing thing seriously. But they do... The airport is lacking because they have an old poster of the Bombers and Matt Nichols is on it, who is no longer the quarterback. And I just, I found it the funniest thing ever yeah, that that was course. still up there. Well, I mean, that that is the biggest issue the world is facing right now. The fact yeah. that the Winnipeg airport is out of date. They got to fix their signs, you know, like. Yeah. Did you know look, that, did you know that they're doing work in the terminal? I, I did not. Yeah, I did. It's ridiculous. The Winnipeg airport. Okay. Here's my gripe of the podcast. hundred percent. The Winnipeg airport is like one of, the, one of the least organized spaces and like i don't i don't travel a lot and i don't know what other airports are like but i gotta say the winnipeg richardson international whatever it's called Uh, the airport international yeah has got to be one of the least organized places i've ever been to it is horrible even when there isn't construction everything is so slow like if you have a three o'clock flight you better get there at 12 30 or 11 30 this year and now since the security thing is like down and they're doing work 
when you're taking a domestic flight through security, you have to put your bag and they manually like put it onto the baggage belt. Yeah. And you just have to stand there to make sure your bag's actually going through. Yeah. And then the security lines are so damn long. Like, oh my God. Every time I go in there, my dad laughs at me because like he travels all the time. But I'm like, of course. it pisses me off so much. Well, just it's being frustrating. It's stupid. Like it's, it's, it really, really doesn't make sense. You know, like it's, it's Winnipeg. Look, Winnipeg is almost at a million people. Like we are almost at a million citizens and that's not a, like, that's not a small number of people. You know, we are the geographic center of North America and we are not a hub. You can't fly directly to New York from Winnipeg. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why? One day I would like to write a story, like just when I get the the power to write an opinion piece Mm -hmm. on, I would just title it. Like five reasons why the Winnipeg airport makes me like angry. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is this is your your soap block. This is the time to to gripe. Yeah, have, I've been thinking about that. Like, I have all these ideas that I want to start writing about. I just have one, nowhere to publish them. Well, I mean, we could besides my own blog. Like, but I have so many things where I just like I have a list. I have this notebook, and I write everything in there from what I'm doing in my workouts mm-hmm. to quotes that I like, and then yeah. I have this other section where it's like stories i want to write which is like i think it's like seven pages or eight pages worth of story ideas just in the past i i think i started the notebook at the beginning of the semester so it's got to be like jeez two or three months but it's like jeez. every time i think it's something i'm like oh, i might as well write this down i never know when i'll come around to it look this is the place for you to air those uh air those ideas gavin this is the talking about anything anywhere anytime anyplace podcast i just don't want to sound like a grumpy old man complaining about everything i hate in look the world. we are already we already do that that's the whole i think that's the way of our people we like complaining yeah i complain about a lot of things Didn't, isn't it like scientifically you live longer if you complain Oh, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. Please do. Here was the weirdest thing that happened to me while living in residence this year. So, I think it was before the winter break. Someone took the fire extinguisher off the wall in, on my floor in the common room, sprayed the whole common room with it, and just left and ran away. So, I come back. I was covering a basketball game. And I took a Snapchat video. It was during, oh, it was during November because I, I remember what the caption was about now. If you can put the pieces together in November. Of course. Uh... So I wrote that, and then I guess my RA must have seen me take that video and put it on my Snapchat. And so the guy who runs Pittman Hall emailed me <laughs> and said, Hi, Gavin, we'd like to talk to you in person about what you may know about the fire extinguisher incident. Oh, and no. I was like, and I was like, okay, like either they're just asking everyone, and then when I talked to my friends, they weren't asking everyone. Oh, geez. So I go into this guy's office, and he sits me down, and like they're ready to blame this whole thing on me. And, I, and he said, so, Gavin. We understand that you posted a Snapchat video and we just want to know like <laughs> why you posted that and yeah, what you might know about the incident. And I said, okay, listen, first of all, if you'd like to blame this on me, how like silly do you think I am that I would take the fire extinguisher, which is a tool that we might actually need of course. off my, the common room on my own floor, which is <laughs> right beside my room yeah. and spray it. And as someone who has asthma, who had to inhale the fumes from the fire extinguisher, yeah. Like, why would I do that? Yep. And he just looks at me and he's like, you know, people do all kinds of things in this building. Oh, God. <laughs> Give me a break. So I'm sitting there, like, about to flip the desk over yeah, and jump yeah, up yeah. on it. And then so I said to him, I'm like, listen, I really wish I could help you out. The only reason I posted the video is because at the at the time I thought it was, like, absolutely ridiculous. And I was like, oh, my friend's back home. They got to see this. This mm-hmm. is, like, the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you guys think that I did this 
it's a joke. Yeah, a hundred percent. I was, <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty mad. And then yeah. I walked in the cafeteria. My friends were like, "So how'd it go?" And I was like, "You guys wouldn't believe what they did in here." <laughs> I was just, I was so fired up that day, Ugh. and I was like, I was just laughing because like, why would I do that? I'm not yeah. that. I'm pretty dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Dude, I, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. The, 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 that's that's hilarious. And. Three weeks ago, you may have seen on my, I posted some stuff on social media about how the fire alarms went off at three in the morning on back to back nights. Yeah. So the first time it happened, I was like, I was like, okay, like I guess I should go downstairs. The second night, I was like, no way this is happening again. Yeah. So I stayed in my room and I was like, but also you're running the risk because if they do the room sweep and you get caught, it's a fifteen hundred dollar fine. There's a fine. There's Why? Because they don't want they, they don't want a lawsuit about. Yeah, there's some kind of silly fine. Yeah. So, uh, I get out of my room. Well, I wasn't going to go to my room. And then my friends knocked on my door. And I was like, oh, I got to go downstairs. So then the next week, during the first week of online classes in, like, the quarantine I was in, they started testing the fire alarms. No way. And it was, like, the most annoying thing ever. Not only was I in the middle of an online lecture. Yeah. But I was, like, listening to the fire alarm going on and off for an hour straight. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is a nightmare at this point. I love point. it. I love it. Yeah. But Pittman Hall was a great time. Some some funny stuff happened there. It was a. It almost felt like summer camp for the most part. Yeah. Because, but I also I was built for social distancing. Like I enjoy a lot of my own company, which is also probably a bad thing. Like most nights at Pittman Hall on the weeknights, I would just do my own thing. Like I would actually do my schoolwork. I would just hang out by myself. Which isn't a horrible thing, but and it's I go not, to bed. Yeah. I go to bed at like nine thirty, ten, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the weekends, I like see all my friends, hang out with my friends at night. But like for the most part, I probably didn't get the same experience as everyone, just because I was mostly hanging out by myself. Yeah, I mean, I lot. I found I found that same um, I I got that same dichotomy between wanting to be with people and being with people uh, this year as well. I I'm a social guy, you know, like I mm-hmm. like I like being with people. Um, but I found that as the year progressed and as I got much more comfortable with the people I was living with, there was th- less of this, um, inherent need to well, you go can say out. no to them also. You, you can be like, Hey, well, I got to do my stuff. Now. Exactly. But you know, like I, for me, it felt weird because I felt bad that I was taking time for myself because it got to a point where like I would get back from going out and instead of like going to hang out in someone else's room, I would just be like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. Like, yeah. And and now that the year was cut short, uh, at least temporarily. I mean, I'm I'm still hopeful, but I you never know, you know. Um, there are definitely things that I I regret, and and I feel like I could have uh, have done differently to to enhance my experience. You know, I wouldn't have gone to bed. Oh, I totally agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone to bed so early. Uh, all, all the times that I had, there are people I would have gotten close with. Uh, there are friendships that I would have strengthened. You know, like. It, in the moment, it's so easy to to um, see a situation as negative and not work to to improve it. But now that I'm back home, I'm kicking myself for you know th- there are there are relationships that I uh, that that died out uh, that that you know I I, I could have worked I could have worked harder to to maintain and and that's something that you know I'm I'm not going to be able to. Um, live down now that I can't go back, you know, or at least I am not there right now. Yeah, and I guess the difference between you and me is that when I go back to school next year, I'll see all my friends. There's just like a few. I'm not gonna name anyone because I'm not soft like that. But uh, there's like friends that I definitely like in relationships that I built that I felt that I made too late, 
mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, I didn't get to hang out with this person enough. 100%. I didn't talk to that person enough. But it's like we still like talk and we like talk every day. I'm just like, oh, I wish I had like more time to hang out with this person and that person. And my I came home and I told my mom because my mom is like kind of ruthless to me sometimes. And she's like, oh, you're you're kind of a loner. Like, <laughs> like I have a lot of friends. I just, Classic alley. I just like I don't like going out late at night. I'm an old man. Like I don't like going out late at night on the weekdays. I like to do my own thing a lot of the time, which is like probably not a great thing. But I said to my mom. She's like, I'm like, yeah, mom, you know, like, I feel like I shouldn't have gone to bed so early every night. And I should have just, like, forgotten about the assignments for, like, one day and not been so hard on myself. And she's like, yeah, you're right. You know, you do enjoy your own company and you're a bit of a loner sometimes. <laughs> Classic Allison. You know, shout out Allison. Uh, she is the best. Uh, so so I can't uh, I can't blame her for can't blame her for ripping into you. I would have ripped into you, too. So, you And know. then the other day when... Uh, so, because of the coronavirus, a lot of, like, businesses and stuff are shutting down. Of course. So, naturally. my summer job, like, f- dissolved and fell apart. And I was, like, feeling really bad for myself, which is something I don't usually do. And my mom, to light a fire under my ass, which yeah. actually worked, a- asked me if I was going to behave. I'm not going to name any names and don't do any speculation. But she compared me to all my least favorite athletes. And she's like, oh, are you going to act like this person? Are you going to... And I was like, mom, you like got to watch it. Like, this is <laughs> fired up. And then, and then she was like, like this one, this one thing she said, I'm not going to repeat the words. Of course. But she just like said, oh, you're acting like so-and-so. Like, come on. Like, I, I never like raised you to be like that. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I better get my stuff together here. And then, and then I like, yeah, she lit a fire under my butt and I've started to try and... uh pick up the pieces of my summer or my summer plans and you know try to figure out what i'm gonna do this summer because like no one knows like no one everyone that is a student our age is gonna have such a hard time finding a job and yeah and there's all these like opportunities that people have had that have been either like not taken away but they've fallen through or they've dissolved or they just haven't ended up happening which is super unfortunate yeah and then all these companies like i feel for a lot of these companies that lay off their staff too because they're going to have to like hire everyone back eventually. But there's some staff at these places who won't want to come back because they feel like they've been treated wrongly. Yeah, they've been abandoned. They, yeah, they've literally been abandoned. So, yeah, luckily, oh, I don't even know. Like, there isn't even a luckily. But uh, it's just like, it just sucks not knowing like how you're going to make money in the summer. Well, and that's, but, and that's the biggest thing. Summer camps are going to be overrun oh with Man, people who don't even work. get me started on the summer i've been okay so like a lot of our friends work at a summer camp and i'm trying to be really optimistic for them but of some of the people i talk to not you michael goldberg don't worry <laughs> some of the people i talk to about like camp this summer they're like oh it's like definitely happening and i'm like oh my god you guys are crazy so so definitely is a strong word so i'm working at, at, at possibly at a summer camp um i had no idea that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> um and you know look i i'm i am optimistic especially with the nature of the camp that i'm hopefully working at you know they they are very like even if you guys come out June first, even if if like or or Jan or uh, Would you July like to name July drop 1st, the camp you're... Uh, you don't have to. You, you know, I I would love to name drop it, but at the same time, um, I don't know if that's a security risk. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> so you and your security risk. You and I, you and I are are uh, 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 X-list celebrities uh, or Y-list celebrities. Well, so. one of our friends said that since I moved away, 
he can now tell me things because I'm irrelevant. <laughs> See, that is wrong. <laughs> um, it was just, I, I, I thought that was pretty funny because it's like a guy that we're pretty close to you went to summer camp with. And I was like, yo, bro, how are you? And he's like, I'm good. Like, I have to tell you these things because now that you don't live here, like, you're irrelevant. Oh, so, I like, know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, uh, he's like, like, I don't know if he meant to offend me, but I was like, what do you mean I'm irrelevant? Yeah, but then, well, you are, Gavin. Yeah, I am. I am irrelevant. <laughs> like, uh, one of my friends said to me the other day, He's like, did you hear about this? I'm like, no, I'm not like in the loop about anything. I exactly. talked to five. Yeah. I talked to six people from Winnipeg. Like, I don't, I'm not in the bubble. And one of them was in Israel. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, so when he said that to me, I was like, ah. Oh. So I wonder what else he was withholding <laughs> from me this entire time. I mean, yeah, even in Winnipeg, you were probably withheld from at some point. Yeah, probably. And then Jeez. it was just such a funny conversation. I'm like, come on, bro, I'm not irrelevant. Yeah, no, that's that's hilarious. That's that's the definition of people not trying to be, but being uh, rude. But, or the funniest thing was, like, when I went back to, like, Grant Park for the first basketball game of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some people who, like, I wasn't really friendly with in high school. Of course. And, like, or, like, people that are younger than me. And then they were just, like, dapping me up and stuff. And I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't even know we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. they couldn't have missed me that much. You know, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the graduation glow. Once everyone graduates, everyone looks at them like they were, like, the coolest kid. Man, but some people graduate and they can't, like, they can't get out of that phase. They can't move on. There what? are definitely people that I know that have not moved on from, uh, from, from my high school. Okay, here's a hot, here's a hot question. Hot, is, hot take? If you have graduated from high school, do you still attend the parties of the grade 12 and 11 kids if you're invited no <laughs> if you're well i mean if you're invited like for a personal like let's say for my going away party um that's, yeah, that's one different. thing that's one thing but you don't just like show up if it's like a, a a halloween party you know like it's or or it's like they're just like they invited these two specific grades but like hey you could stop by if you want to don't go yeah, I'm Don't not going to share my full opinion on that, but we have very similar. I will say that we have very similar beliefs, but like we usually do. One time, I think it was yeah, my brother went to a party and he came back and he's like, "I can't believe how many people your age were there." Like, I was just surprised. And if my brother is saying that, who doesn't usually like like yeah. go to many parties and stuff? I was like, "Okay." Yeah. You might be onto something. Shout out to the boy Stevie Nicks. But that was just like that was just that's just been a burning question that I just started thinking about during this episode. You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I since I got back, I mean, there haven't really been any parties, but uh, yeah, that would make uh, sense. Yeah, but I mean, there's quarantine parties, um, a lot of FaceTiming, a lot of. I mean, I know people that are are getting drunk at home on FaceTime. That's so weird. <laughs> that's just you know, the drinking is a social activity for me, and even with a face, like I'm not gonna lie. It, it, let's say I'm under the influence. It it is legal. Uh, I I am I am above the legal limit. Um, if I'm drinking and I end up FaceTiming someone, it's usually because I'm with people, and I'm like, ooh, it'd be fun if this person were here. You know, it's not it's not being done because I'm not. Uh, or, or because I'm alone, you know, like I, I don't need to have that FaceTime call. When yeah. you're drinking alone, you either need to have that call or it's just, it, it's an interesting look, you know? Okay, here's an interesting, okay, two points. Of course. The first point is that during this like quarantine situation or social distancing, I've noticed that I've started like having more DM conversations with people on Instagram. Like, I have some friends, I have their phone numbers, and I know mm-hmm. I like have a lot of people's phone numbers, and then like 
our chosen method of conversation recently has just been like Instagram DMs like, oh, let me send you yeah. this funny picture, which is just like so random because I've never been a huge like Instagram guy. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally on Twitter all the time. But yeah, the second segue, speaking of alcohol is like what I think about, I didn't really consider the LCs closing like a huge deal. And then I thought about like people who have like severe Addiction. alcohol addictions and like dependencies like that's kind of scary the like, dependency rate in and addiction in winnipeg is high too it's not yeah. like we're it's not like we're shutting down uh, a, a baked a baked goods store you know like we're shutting down a place that yeah i mean even though it's it's a negative thing that people have these addictions like it brings up abuse rates at home it brings mm-hmm. up uh anger at home it brings up sadness at home like so there are some people that that rely on it to keep their emotions somewhat stable which is which is horrible and 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 there are better ways but you know especially right now with with this in- insane pressure that comes from like trying to navigate through this this mm-hmm. pandemic i don't know if not feeding an addiction uh, of that kind is uh is the yeah I, I it's hard to say this sentence without sounding like i'm pro addiction i am in yeah. no way pro i know what you're saying like you want these people who are have like alcohol dependencies and like yeah. alcohol addictions not to just like you can't because you can't once you have an addiction you can't just say okay i'm turning it off like exactly. you have to like wean your way off and I, exactly it's like, it's cold turkey scary. is not yeah cold turkey yeah. is not a it's not a way it's scary thinking about people who have like alcohol dependencies because like if the lc's close People can't just like they're gonna go not crazy, but it's gonna be like hard for some of these people. One hundred percent. Which is just like yeah, it's something I've been thinking about. Just because like every day when something else closes, I'm like, oh well, what type of people rely on this service or yeah. who uses this service that could benefit them that like you don't even think about. I mean, and I want to I want to give some shout outs quickly to uh, to some some restaurants in Winnipeg that have been. Uh, that have been staying open. Yajiro Tuxedo Village has been doing uh, uh, delivery. Tuxedo Village is I'm I'm a huge fan. Five uh, Slices Pizza, Pizzeria Pronto, uh, Indian Pavilion, Nicolino's. Bro, uh, you gotta shout out local restaurants though. Pronto Pizza is not a. Is a I'm, chain. I'm just I'm just saying places in Winnipeg that are uh, that are you know, Yaffa Cafe, um, Pemina's Pizza. Like uh, Max's, it, it's it's all these places that that could be closed, but they aren't, and yeah. and partially, partially because well, sure they gotta stay open. They gotta stay open, but I mean, they could also bite the bullet, you know, and and they could just say well, it's not it's not worth it. It's it's scary and it's not worth it, but they aren't, and and I do respect that quite a bit. I like the no contact delivery. I that, like that. Yeah, contactless and, delivery. And shout out to Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, and uh, Deliver Eats for for really stepping up shout out to shout out to the people who are working for those places that that don't have to leave their home they could just decide to not work um and and they are still getting out because they know that people need to be people need food even people in grocery stores like imagine you're someone our age or younger who has signed up to work at a grocery store as a part-time job yeah you are literally on the front lines now like it's it's like being a soldier on the front lines you're in the grocery store where hundreds of people come every day, you're exposed to God knows what germs. And if you're 13, 14, 15, or 16, even 17, 18, like working in a grocery store, it must be terrifying. It's like, your first job too, for the most yeah. part. Like this is this is their first experience. And, and it's, I, I mean, I equate it to the kids who are, are scared about what they're going to do for first year university yeah. or first year college next year. Like the world is already such a big place. And, and for your first experience, I mean, I know that my first job was, was, Nothing like working in a in a grocery store during a pandemic, you know. Didn't, you worked at where? I worked at first job. I worked at Boathouse Outlet Collection. 
Oh, uh, I, f- I forgot that was your first job. I thought you were going to name drop BMW. Oh, BMW <laughs> was uh, was another job of mine, but that was not my first. That was, that was my first full-time job, but uh, my, my first part-time job was Boathouse. And I, I can tell you the, the most the, the most high-stress situation was a guy stole a uh, toque one time. And uh, this old woman came up to me and said, get your gun. We'll go get him. And yep. uh, I, I said, lady, I don't have a gun. Uh, I'm, I'm 16. So that was what happened there. Yeah. Nothing ever serious happened when I worked at a tennis club last summer, except for one, one guy. That we, have, we serve, like, alcohol, but since it's, like, not a huge club, we don't, like, have, like, stuff on tap. Mm-hmm. So this one guy, I sold uh, him and his wife a drink, and they opened it. So, like, you can't give it back. Of course. And he's like, oh, he, like, was swearing at me. He's like, oh, you guys don't have anything better? And I'm like, no, but if you would like something better, I can take a suggestion and write it down so that we can have it. Because it was, like, 100%. a tournament. Like, this guy wasn't a member. So, like, yeah, yeah, if he was yeah. a member, he would have shown me some respect, put some respect on my name. Mm-hmm. But this guy was, like, going off on me a little. And I was the only one there, like, cause like my the girl I worked with, my boss, it was she was it was her off day, so I was like handling this super calmly. And then he goes, he goes, this place is an effing joke. And I was like, okay, have a good night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting getting paid minimum wage, it's it's um, it's it's hard to care, you know. Well, it wasn't minimum as... wage, but like I was I was just like it was just so funny to me that like I'm here I am an eighteen year old guy who was like literally yeah. not in control of all of this, and then the next day when the guy came back. He wanted ice for his water, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we do have ice." He's like, "Oh, I'm surprised you guys actually have ice here." And I was Ugh. like, "If I wasn't getting paid for that as my job, yeah, I would have yeah, snapped yeah. at that." Well, guy. and that's what it is. It's like there's this 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 internal dialogue of like, I could really just not. I could just leave. I could just yeah. Because sometimes you know that I have like no filter, yeah. and I just say what's on my mind, and like I don't really care sometimes how it will like affect yeah. people. And it's like not older people, but like usually people are. It's like I'll just like. I'm pr- I'm a pretty straight shooter. Like yep. if someone says something and I disagree, I'm like you're like stupid. Or, yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty honest to people, but yeah. like sometimes I'm just, I just have to like feel myself in because like if I would have said anything, it would have cost me my job. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that would have that would have that would have changed things. Like I'm sure. pretty good at turning it off, but like with our friends, like even the friends I made in Toronto, they like all like me and stuff. They're like, you know what I really like about you? I like that you're a straight shooter. Like you don't BS. Like if I came up to you and said, "Hey, am I looking ugly today?" and you said, "Yeah." I wouldn't even be offended because, like, mm-hmm. you're just being honest. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a very respectable quality. And, straight and shootery. Straight shootery. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I mean, that's 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 the guy I picked to be my co-host. So I, maybe this is a, a, hey. a dialogue on me. I, I, I don't know. Man, if we didn't post this podcast online for the masses to see and it was just me and you and this would never be heard, like, I would just like go on tangents. Oh, there's luckily, so much to say. There is luckily, so much to say. I have a potentially a bright future ahead of me. Yeah. And I need to just watch what I say, you know? Exactly. Oh, speaking of uh, of future, I uh, I made the decision uh, the other day to private all of my YouTube videos. Wow. 300. All right. Potato Man Rocks has been. What, yeah. do you, what happens in a potato? It's been baked. Yeah, the potato has been baked. <laughs> They've been mashed. <laughs> the potato's been mashed. Uh, 367 videos. I respect that, though. Yeah. Because, like, you never know, especially with your older videos. and. Well, okay, yeah, of, your, of course. Especially with some of the older videos. And, like, you never know, like, what a future employer is going to stumble yeah. upon and say, oh, my God, like, this is a horrible person. Or, like, I this have, fucking weird. You could watch one video a day of mine, and it would take you over a year to finish. I've thought I've thought about like making videos and stuff for yeah. so long, and it's like sometimes in Toronto I would sit in my like I'm sitting on 
I'm sitting on at least four hours worth of footage from this year of like mm-hmm. just stuff I filmed and I was gonna like put I, at the beginning of the coronavirus thing I was gonna do like the coronavirus chronicles and like mm-hmm. vlog myself every day until this was over yeah but then I was like I'm like obviously I'm like terrified of putting myself up online <laughs> but like I just have so much footage from the year that I could like put together but like yeah. I don't want it necessarily to be out there like I'll sit in front of a camera and I'll cut like a super sick promo and I'll like mm-hmm. I'll just like talk super sick to the camera and then I'll go look at it and like, oh my god, like I can't post this. Like people are gonna roast the crap out of me. And then uh, when when TAA transforms into a talk show, you'll you'll know that Gavin is uncomfortable. Yeah, like <laughs> Jaron asked me today, like behind the microphone and like even on camera, I can like like I can get into this mode of like, oh, here comes energetic yeah. Gavin. Like this is gonna be a hoot. But like on. On like live camera, stream, like yeah. if Jeremy's doing a live stream, I'd be so careful because yeah, people are watching and you never know what like you can't edit are... a live stream. Yeah, you can't edit a live stream and like you have to be really, really careful because if you mention someone or like indirectly mention someone and they text me like, "Yo, why are you bringing me up?" Like, exactly. Keep my name. That's not sorry. That's not to say that we haven't shot. Oh, we haven't sent some shots before. We yeah, really we have. have. Sent some, we have sent <laughs> some shots, but like nor- we like, have an entire in- episode dedicated to sending shots. But that was like deserved. And then the person yeah. who we were sending shots at messaged me after and was like, "No oh, way!" You really changed my perspective. Did I not tell you about this? No, I did not know there was an update. Uh, yeah, like, okay, it's not really an update, but like the person said to me, like, "Hey, I realized that what I did was wrong, and the show that you guys made where you absolutely ripped me apart was justifiable, and it really changed my perspective." So wow! Shout out to uh, shout out to that person. Still not going to name no, names. No, do not shout that person out. <laughs> shout what out to them for growing. Out? Yeah, but like, do they even grow? Like, or how did they, they find the? Sh- That's my question. How because did they? It's, it's on social media. That's and, true. Like, they blocked me on Instagram and unblocked me. And I then don't they know if I'm still you. blocked. Should I check if I'm blocked right now? No, I don't even care. Like, uh, I want to. <laughs> the less we talk about this, the, jabroni. The probably <laughs> jabroni. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, I still, I still have full access. So yeah, I got unblocked just because I think it makes the DM conversations away. But I, as a smart journalist, I always keep receipts. Of course. It even says in our textbook, I think, to keep track of like things and like paper because trail. if you have to prove it, yeah, paper if you trail. if you get taken to court, you need to prove like, hey, this was not said. Well, I mean, here's an example. I mean, this was uh, a nugget of wisdom that came from my uh, my teacher, my English teacher, a few years back. Uh, shout out to to Mr. Vanderhoof, fantastic guy, uh, quite angry, but uh, an intellectual nonetheless. His, uh, his advice is that when you're dealing with universities, uh, do it over email or, or write down exactly what the person said because you need a paper trail. Uh, so, so that wasn't that didn't feel real to me until I actually started the dialogue between uh, University of Manitoba and myself, uh, as well as the dialogue between myself and Dalhousie University. Go Bisons. Go Bisons. Uh, and and d- starting those dialogues, I realized how truly important it is to get those emails and get and get the the fact because I'm trying to um, convince these places to accept the credits from my program abroad. Right. And and even though it's accredited by uni- uh, a United States organization, um, you never know. Like they, they could just say, you know, we're not going to accept this. But having mm-hmm. that paper trail is super super important. Yeah, because if some because you never know who you're dealing with, especially I've noticed on universities. Like when you call to ask a question, 
the next time you call, you're literally not going to get the same person. No. Unless you get their name and ask. So you always have to make sure you have exactly. The I mean, I have lists. I have notes. I and and trust me, if I need to, I will bring out the notebook and uh, and and rip oh, some. People, he's going to get his notebook. Rip some people to shreds, Gavin. To shreds. Oh man, a funny. In the last on-campus story day I did, I did my story about uh, student group involvement on campus, yeah. and one of the people I interviewed was talking about, like, they had no idea. They were yeah. like, oh, I wish uh, the Ryerson Students Union on their website had a list of all the student groups you could join. And then I told her, I was like, oh, they actually do. <laughs> so in my story, I was like, so-and-so was completely shocked to find out that. And then my teacher read it, and I've never, like, He's like pretty ca- like he we're like pretty close like he's yeah, a pretty yeah. nice guy I and mean, we have yeah. a good relationship of course but I've never seen him laugh at anything and he reads it and I just see him like trying not to giggle <laughs> and I go I go I know exactly what you're <laughs> laughing at he's like oh, some people <laughs> I love it's like a thing that I realized when I did that story is like some people probably don't even like check to see what kind of groups are out there they just assume that it's gonna be like handed to them yeah but if you really want to join you'd probably look up like oh what kind of student groups are at Ryerson yeah I need to join Hillel next year I think. Hillel or Pi. Oh, I'm never joining a frat. <laughs> uh, it's not a frat. It's an intellectual, uh, an intellectual society. Which is another word for frat. Another, another word for frat. Um, yeah, I'm pretty like anti-frat. Like I don't know if I had someone who's in it and has like come out okay from it and yeah. says like, "Hey, here are the benefits of joining yeah. AEPI. I'll be like, "Okay, word." Right, like, let I'll me think about it. it. Yeah. But then like. Hillel, I never went to. Like, I didn't really do anything, like, Jewish. Oh, this is going to be a great segue for the next thing I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really do anything, like, Jewish. But, I don't know, I feel like next year I'll do more stuff. And during the coronavirus situation, it was my grandmother's yurt site. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't go to synagogue. So we sat in the family room and watched the Sherezetic live stream. Yeah. Which was just, like, one of the most, like, surreal experiences. Because usually, like, when I do, like, prayer and stuff... It's either at a Shabbat dinner or I go to the synagogue and I'm like there. I mean, let's like, quickly for the people that don't know, a yard site is like a it's like a day of remembrance for the people yeah. that pass away. It's the anniversary of their death. Um, so just uh, keep that in mind as Gavin continues to tell the story. Thank you. So I, I was just sitting in like the family room, like reciting the prayers and stuff. And yeah. like I was like, man, this is so like wild. Like we're living in these times where the situation is so bad. You can't even gather in a place of like worship and yeah. sanctuary well i mean i i have the the perfect um the perfect addition to that story i mean i lived in jerusalem my 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 dorm is is quite close to the uh, the old city which means i live close to the the western wall of the hotel um and the last three times i went uh it was a ghost town there were right. there were less than less than five people there including myself so i mean i have photos and it, it's it's scary it's like this is the mm-hmm. kind of like you the only time you would get this kind of photo is if it's three in the morning you yeah, know it's like just empty it's it's empty and like uh one of the one of the last times i went uh it was it was a, a shabbat morning it was a saturday morning and uh there's this guy screaming a prayer for for the the health and well-being of right. of the people of the world which is very nice of him to do but he's screaming it and this rabbi comes out it's like yo rabbi comes out and he starts getting in this kid's face. And he's like, Damn. he's like, why are you doing this? Like, ma, lama, lama, lama. Uh, ma taose. Lama. <laughs> that's the only thing I took away from Great yeah. Academy. I mean, ma-ta-se. hey, that's exactly what he was saying. Cause, and this cause kid, this kid is not. Shout out to Tomer for always oh. doing that as a joke. Yeah, shout out to Tomer. Um, so so this this kid keeps going. He's screaming in the rabbi's face. They are, they are about to touch noses. Like, that's how close they are. 
Dang. And uh, and and the the kid who's screaming, his friend comes over and he's like starting to talk to the rabbi. And he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you why are you yelling at this kid? Like, let him just let him pray." And the rabbi keeps getting angry. And eventually, I get into it. and I'm like, "Guys, like, what what's going on here? Like, this is not the time to be yelling at each other." He, I was like, "Number one, it's Saturday morning. But number two, like." You know, if, if you're going to pray to God right now, God's going to hear you regardless. Like it's you, you screaming is not going to fix anything. You're at the holiest site in the entire world. Right. Like, like he, I'm sure he's listening. Um, and, uh, and that, that seemed to calm the guy down, but, uh, it, it was definitely an interesting experience. Okay. On a completely unrelated note to religion, the fact that sports have stopped is so like crazy. I mean, sports, and- sport is a, a, a kind of religion. Yeah, to me, it's a religious so you, experience. Yeah, exactly. But, like, okay, so the night where the NBA shut down, it was the last game the Jets played, and, oh, my God. I The one thing that makes me mad about NHL purists is, like, oh, if the season starts today, we got to start in the playoffs. And it makes me so, like, whenever I see someone or my mom sends me something, she just does it, she knows it sets me off. Because on points percentage, if the playoffs started today, the Jets, who haven't lost a game since the beginning of March because they, they got hot when they need to get hot, and they had this huge push to try and secure a playoff spot, would miss the playoffs by .001%. Are you kidding me? And I cannot... Okay, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I cannot live knowing mm-hmm. that, one, people are going to be like, oh, the Jets missed the playoffs. Well, first of all, they missed by zero point or .001. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I... If if it happens, I don't think that I don't think any of the sports leagues are coming back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But if they come back, and they do a two week training camp and they say, okay, we're going right into the playoffs, I will be livid. I will be so mad just yeah. because because like the Jets have been this team all year that they lost a lot of their defensemen. They Bufflin, oh, don't even get me started on Dustin Bufflin. Them clinching that spot was huge. Like they needed just because those guys have worked so hard and they've been the under like a league underdog all year long and for them to miss the playoffs on point zero zero one percent of so a point would would just be like the worst possible way to end a season because they've been working hard like shovel day off took a lot of crap in the summer for trading truba for a lot a, it was like neil pionk who has been a workhorse yeah. i call him neil the workhorse pionk like i have a nickname for every player of course, but, course, course. uh like he's having he's been a really great addition to the team he's a great great player like Kyle Connor's having a great year also. Yeah. Like I, I worship Kyle Connor, but mm-hmm. like it would just be the worst. Like I really hope that the NHL cuz they're like they're a league that's very tied to tradition and I hope that the NHL if they resume and go right into the playoffs, they can do like what baseball and football do with a wild card mm-hmm. because the NHL's wild card is like the last spot from like whatever division. It's not a wild card game. Yeah. But I would really like for them to have some kind of wild card game giving an opportunity for the last yeah. wild card spot because yeah. the jets would either finish seventh or eighth in the west yeah. like that's where they would line up and for any team that's just outside the bubble by like a fraction it's of a crushing. percentage or a fraction of a point it's just like it's completely so unfair like it's a horrible way for a season to end for any yeah, yeah, team yeah. and yeah just because like i'm completely biased towards the jets but like i would be so disappointed you know, not you- only personally but like for all those guys in the locker room who have been like battling it out all year like connor hellebuck is gonna win the vesna trophy if if anyone's listening to this and you don't think connor hellebuck is winning the vesna trophy you can give me like one good reason why because you can't yeah (laughs) you can't why he won't win it well i mean and that that would be a blow for winnipeg as well you know like we we when uh you know the winnipeg jets have been a, a huge fuel for for this city and they've driven a lot of people to like they've united us 
um, and to, to watch all that hard work go. And, you, you you know, you can't even say that they didn't try. You can't even say mm. that they didn't succeed. Oh, they, they tried. Did. They were they, trying they, hard. They succeeded. You know, they clinched yeah. the spot. And, and Well, they didn't clinch. They didn't, like, clinch the spot, they but they were... No, they didn't clinch the spot. Like, they were in mathematically, like, from points yeah. they were would have been in. But because they have, like, there's teams that have games in hand on them, and, uh, like, it would work out. But So, yeah. so then they were about they were, to clinch it. They yeah, were, they, they were that close. They were making a huge, huge push yeah. where they could have. And they could have, and they probably yeah. could have done it if uh, if the season had, had continued. And that's that's the only that's the only problem. I think in the last, I think the number, the record before the stoppage, they were like six three and one. Like they were, they were winning every game that they had to win. And then they had a road trip after the big yeah. homestand where they played Calgary, Edmonton, and then Vancouver was supposed to be the Saturday night. My mom was in Vancouver. Was in Toronto. Yeah. And it obviously didn't happen, but they won in Edmonton. And I said, I think I tweeted, I was like, I was like, regardless of when the next game is played. I'm so proud of this team. Yeah. They have fought. Like, people don't understand how hard the Jets have fought all season. Being given, like, they're playing with a third line, a fourth line that's made out of, like, borderline. Like, these guys are, like, journeymen NHL guys. Yeah. Like, they're playing with all kinds of, like, pieces that have, they've just fit. Like, somehow, some way. It's like the little engine that could. They have, but just to play devil's advocate, on the other side, because I've noticed that, uh, like, the in-game experience for the Jets is, like, lacking these days, and I've been pretty critical of True North because it's the same music that you've been hearing for almost 10 years. The, like, the music is really bad in the MTS Center. There isn't, yeah. like, the same kind of in-game entertainment that you'd see in other places, and I don't know if that's because of the budget or, like, the like the way the organization wants to run, but they're making improvements next year, which I appreciate. But um, when you think about if the NHL was to start in July... What about all these like people who you know like there's this there's a demographic of like really hardcore Jets fans, there's a demographic of fans who are priced out, and then there's a demographic of fans that are like they don't care about the hockey, but they're like they have a lot of wealth and money, so they have season tickets, but yeah. they like they go, they sit on their phones, they don't really care. Yeah, they they go to and support so, like, the city, not to. Yeah. So like, what is gonna happen when either people who have like cottages and cabins like are, that are also like season ticket holders? If the if the season starts in July, there are supposed to be four more home games. Plus, if the Jets made the playoffs and like just for the first round round alone, there could be there could be three home playoff games. I think so. That'd be like seven games. Are people that have cottages and stuff gonna stay in the city? Yeah. Are they gonna stay and are they yeah. gonna? Because if all the tickets from those people go out on the resale market, there's two like they're not all gonna get bought, and the team's gonna loot like you know. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's it's, a, uh, it's, it's something it's that I've seen a lot on social media. Like that's not even my own thought. I've just seen that photo out there so many times. Like what are the the cottage folk and like people who go like right after school ends, they jet to their summer vacations and yeah. like if they're season ticket holders and now you have to like commit to staying, do you or do you not stay? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, if there's July hockey, I would gladly. If anybody <laughs> wanted to give me a game, I would gladly eat that up. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You can shoot. You can send a text to my dad and see what he's doing. <laughs> um, all right, I wanna, I wanna start. Uh, I wanna start segueing into the the end of the show here. I mean, yeah, we've been going know, for a long. We've been, time. This is probably the longest episode we've had. What are we at um, on your timer? We are at sixty six point twenty two. So okay. we we are definitely over an hour. She's uh, so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna end off by saying something along the lines of this. Look. You know, it, it, it's scary right now. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, it, it's scary. I'm, I'm scared. Gavin, I'm sure part of you is a little bit anxious. And, and oh, I'm terrified. <laughs> you, know, you know, our parents don't even have any – our grandparents don't really have the, um, the, the experience to say that everything is going to work out. You know, like, there is no one 
that is that is experienced in dealing with something so catastrophic you know even yeah. even the people who who survived through the holocaust you know they they are people that that have seen true terror and they didn't know if the world was going to go on and and they, we're at a point where there are less and less of them every single day so there are less and less people who can tell us that things are going to be okay and and it's scary and it, and it's hard and 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 right now especially you know being home and and uh, number one, having to leave all my friends that I made, and Gavin, you're in the same boat here, uh, leaving a place that you've come to know as home, uh, coming back to a place that feels a little bit less familiar than it once did, it, it, it's almost impossible to just stay inside and, and try to and, and, and relinquish that thirst to, to try to find comfortability and find familiarity, you know, going to your favorite restaurants, finding your, your, your best friends and talking to them and hanging out with them. But right now, everyone really has to stay home. You know, everyone's really got to do the work. And and I saw I saw a meme the other day. It was, uh, you know, an opportunity to to save the world by staying home uh, and watching Netflix is never going to come again. So don't screw this up. You know, we're we're never mm-hmm. gonna. There's never going to be another opportunity like this where the way for you to do your part is doing nothing. And uh, and and it's it's not saying that it's easy, and it's not saying that it's fun, but you know, right now, all those people that are, are working their butts off at, at, in hospitals and grocery stores and police officers and, and lawyers that, that are uh, dealing with, with court cases of students trying to get their money back from universities because their family needs to make ends meet. You know, it, 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 the, the governments that are working their butts off, you know, Boris Johnson uh, from, from the UK now is, I believe, confirmed with corona and, and the prime minister of Canada's wife uh, has been and and that means that there's a high chance that he will Justin Trudeau will as well and 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 now more than ever you got to be doing your part you know you got to you got to stay home you got to because that's the only way we can beat this thing oh my god oh sorry i was just reading a crazy <laughs> report that the nba has floated out the idea of resuming the season in the bahamas but yeah <laughs> interesting uh, choice also just wanted to send my prayers to Doris Burke and family. She announced today that she was had the coronavirus, which is just super sad because yeah. Doris is a very hardworking and talented woman and a favorite NBA slash like journalist media personality of mine. So I was just like crushed to yeah. see that. And it just humbles you again that like anyone can get it. Yeah. But to our listeners and to anybody who may be listening to this, yeah. stay safe, stay keep home. well. Please stay home. Yeah. Please abide by the rules. If you're coming back from a vacation or you're coming back on a flight, Stay home. Someone can get the groceries for you. Exactly. Like, please stay in your home. By the way, every major city has grocery delivery services. So shout out to the people who are delivering the groceries. But you do not need to be going into a grocery store right now. There is and no check reason. Check on your friends. Send a text. Send. A, give a FaceTime call. You know, record a podcast. Yeah, start a podcast. But don't start a podcast that you think is going to be better than ours because yeah, it won't be. Don't. If you if you do feel the need to to hype up a podcast, definitely promote this one to your friends. Gavin and I are gonna. I mean, we're gonna be doing as much as we can now that Man, we're. Man, I think home. that since we're both back in Winnipeg yeah. and we have literally nowhere to go, we could actually bang like one of these out once a week. I agree. I agree. We can get back to a normal schedule because we. Like, uh, we'll, we'll literally have zero like cool things to talk about yeah. in our lives because it's just like oh today I woke up and I. A breakfast, like we'll we'll figure it out. What there, there's always stories to tell, and there's always opportunities to be had. So we will. Uh, if you guys keep listening, we'll keep recording. Exactly, and that's the truth. 
All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Talking About Anything, Anywhere, Anytime, Anyplace podcast, whether it was talking about Corona, whether it was talking about the NBA, the NHL, uh, about our, our friends or, or the trials and tribulations of being a high school slash college slash university teenager. Uh, whatever you enjoyed, we, uh, we'd appreciate it if you would give a rate and review of the show. And uh, if not, uh, post it on Facebook, send it out to your grandmother. I'm sure she'd love to hear two, uh, two strapping young men's voices uh, for an hour and 11 minutes. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. My name is Jaron Reikis. My name is Gavin Axelrod. And we hope you guys enjoyed. See you later. And...